join me in our responsive welcome. No matter who you are or where you are in life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. And you are wanted and you are valued here. We have stories of faith that connect us, whether you're in Connecticut, or Colorado, the United States, or Europe, or anywhere in the world. Good morning. It's good to see you all this morning. For those of you who are here in the sanctuary and those who are joining us from other spaces and places, welcome to United Church of Christ, Longmont. It's always good to be together. My name is Sarah Barasco. My pronouns are she and her. And on behalf of all of our worship leaders, Robert Chelmstead, Sam Sherman, uh, we have Karina Doyle on our AV team today. Um, we want to welcome you to this space, this space that is intentionally intergenerational. So know that people of all ages are welcome and wanted and valued. We have a coloring table in the back for those who listen best when their hands are moving or for those who just want to doodle. We have a room in the back with Addie and... Um, Colleen, and so there's a place where folks can run around and do other things, but you're always welcome to move about as you need to. Uh, sometimes our bodies need to move. Our children are very good at teaching us that, so it's okay to listen. It's okay to listen to your bodies. And as is our custom, we always welcome each other with what has become the cornerstone of our community and of our expansive theology with these words. No matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. So allow that welcome to settle in and to rest gently upon you. Allow yourself to fully arrive and experience the full gift of your body here in this place and wherever you are whether you're sitting or standing. Be aware of what's supporting you. Maybe it's the pew or a chair, a piano bench. Maybe it's the floor beneath your feet, but you are supported. And with that understanding, let's see what the Spirit will do with us in this time of service. And we're going to start this morning with a song that we first sang two weeks ago. It's a little peppy. You're going to like it. So let's rise in spirit and let's sing together. Number 10, the presence of our God is here. Get 
us every time. Let's try it again. Just changing one word. want to go with Anna Wing, Anna Wing uh, you are welcome to do so. Uh, the children will come back before the end of our service to connect with their adults. So thank you, Anna. And friends, let's uh, continue as we join in our gathering prayer as it's printed in the bulletin or as it appears perhaps on the screen. We thank you for your presence, O oh God here in this time and place and wherever we may be. We thank you for your spirit and the power of your love, always present, always generous, always merciful. May we welcome you in our times of learning and laughter. May we lean on you in our moments of discouragement and despair. And may we honor you in our silences, our speaking, and our singing. Amen.
Yeah, just a closer walk with thee. Walking with Jesus is a great metaphor for church, isn't it? We could evaluate our faithfulness with the question, are we walking the talk? Or how are our words and beliefs backed by action? There's lots of walking in scripture. And this morning's story mentions people watching Jesus walk by and then they decide to follow him. And what comes in that moment is the first spoken words by Jesus in John's gospel. Would you care to guess what Jesus says to them? Anybody want to venture a guess? I'll tell you that when I was guessing, I got them wrong. So that leaves it open. Peace. Walk. Did I miss something? Walk with me. What else? Follow. So, no, more nods for follow. All really good answers. Totally not it. <laughs> so I feel better. We're, in all, we're all in good company. So let's listen. Let's listen to what John's Gospel says and how this is recorded. The next day, John, this is John the Baptist, again was standing with two of his disciples. So you know John was a teacher, and he had many disciples. Some even think Jesus was a disciple of John first. So the next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, here it is. What are you looking for? They didn't answer his question. They said to him, Rabbi, which translates as teacher, where are you staying? And Jesus said to them, come and see. And they came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. And it was about four o'clock in the afternoon. Hmm. What are you looking for? Isn't that interesting? I'm not answering that question. Where are you staying? Come and see. My first strong memory of walking with Jesus was in my early 20s. I was living in New Jersey, which I have been known to say is God's country. And I was walking around one of the many inlets with a friend named Dawn. And we were about the same age, but she was way more mature than I was. And I had once again reached a point of frustration in my life. I was looking for the pieces of my life to fit together like a puzzle in a way that was life-giving. I was looking for a little ease and a little comfort. 
I had no idea what joy was, but I wanted to sample it. I was approaching life like so many people do. Work harder. Obviously, you're doing something wrong because the pieces of your life are not fitting together well. You're frustrated. Things aren't going as you had hoped or wanted. Obviously, doing something wrong or not trying hard enough, which is hard to imagine. And then my friend Dawn, she just finally said, Sarah, you need to just let go and let God. And when I heard that expression for the first time, I have to tell you I thought it was completely ridiculous. I mean, really, what does that even mean? I honestly had no clue what that meant. And then our choir was singing, and I'm like, oh, let it be, dear Lord, let it be. That's another way to say it, isn't it? The Beatles said it, let it be, too. Let go, let God, let it be. The Beatles added, though, there will be an answer. (laughs) I think that's wishful thinking, but sometimes there is. Sometimes there is. But right there in the middle of the mess of my life was this important turning. Let go and let God. And for me, because I was raised in the church, it was a returning also. It wasn't like a new turning. It was like a returning. The truth that I needed to hear was let go and let God and wrestle a little bit with what that even means. But I did ask. I said, you know, what does that mean? And, and as best as Dawn could, she said, and inter- interesting, her name is Dawn, right? The dawn of a new day. <laughs> Remember the very real limits of your life. And Dawn was a 12-step person. So she says, there's so much that you didn't cause and that you can't control and that you can't change. So learn the difference between what you cannot and what you can, right? The serenity prayer, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I needed to hear that. I still need to hear that some days. Because it turns out I was actually trying too hard. I thought that more of life was my job than was really my job. Have you ever done that? Yeah. Again, we're in good company. So I wonder what was going on for the disciples that so readily followed Jesus. I wonder what they were looking for. And Jesus asked, what are you looking for? He sensed that there was something else going on beneath their following when he asked that question, what are you looking for? And with this question begins the process of unlearning, of the compulsion to go after, or to fix, or control, or change, or to somehow chase what is already true, to chase after, like, oh, if I get to this place, this will be true. So what is true has the power to transform. But we become misguided along the way about what is true. 
And what it transforms, I was out in the art lounge earlier standing in the sunspot looking at the, at the artwork, which is beautiful, so colorful, full of flowers. And what this truth is able to do is to transform the jagged edges of our lives into what I imagined after looking at that artwork, into the smooth contours of a beautifully crafted vessel that holds water and flowers. Or perhaps for the nesting bulb that becomes the fullness of a flower. Jagged edges made smooth. What is true is really quite simple and beautiful. You are loved. You are worthy. You are blessed. That's really the whole of it. Isn't that what we sometimes chase after when we're over-striving? To prove that we're loved? To prove that we're worthy? To prove that we're blessed? It's been proven. John's Gospel also says Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. His life and his lessons walk that talk that you are loved, that you are worthy, that you are blessed, that everyone is loved, that everyone is worthy, that everyone is blessed, even the people that have harmed you. And that's a hard lesson. That doesn't mean you're feeling love toward them. But it doesn't discount that they are also loved and worthy and blessed. And I think rather than talk our way into that more, I think the best way to approach those situations that seem so unforgivable is to enter into a space, a grace-filled space with Christ. And whether it's Jesus himself or perhaps a friend or a colleague, a fellow student or a stranger standing in for Jesus momentarily, which happens all the time, the invitation to come and see is genuine. To acknowledge that holding on to the hurt is not serving your life or your life purpose or your blessedness at all. And so enter into this moment where the invitation is genuine and you can come as you are with all the hurts and all the feels, all of them, and see for yourself. People have been imagining this space since the beginning of time, I think. 
And to get our sort of imaginative juices flowing, we're going to sing a song that was written by Austin Miles. And it's based on a story from John's Gospel, the 20th chapter, where Mary Magdalene comes to the garden and sees the empty tomb and runs into who she think is, thinks is the gardener, but it's Jesus. And so with that as the backdrop, he writes this poem that becomes this song, and his great-granddaughter added another layer to this composition. And she said, you know, he wrote this song in a cold, dreary, and leaky basement in New Jersey, in God's country, <laughs> that didn't even have a window. But I love that because I want to invite you to be attentive to the cold, dreary, and leaky places in your life that doesn't even have a window, and let a song or a poem that becomes a song arise. So here's his song, New Century Hymnal number 237, I come to the garden alone. Let's rise in spirit and sing. Yeah. 
think it's worth mentioning that these walks with Jesus, these walks with Christ, can be most meaningful when you know how messed up your life is. And I'm not saying that you all have messed up lives, but at some point in your life, there have been hardships and hard moments. There have been sad moments. There have been moments of fury. There have been some real messy moments. And it's helpful to come to those moments of walking with, able to say it. You know, the expression is, the truth will set you free, and it's true. It will set you free. The truth is not of the, um, what you're holding on to that is not life-giving will not produce a beautiful flower. It will not. It will eat you up. And if not you, will it eat up others? And so there's a place of confession. Even if the confession is the person who has been harmed and the person who has harmed has to say, I want to harm this person. I want to harm this other person. I want to retaliate. I want revenge. That's an honest confession. It's not the end of the story. It's an honest confession, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for honesty. It's not fair. That's an honest confession. What's not fair? Say more. Let it out. And then let it be. Let it out, and then let God be God, because God's going to do something with that. I believe that so strongly, and I've experienced that so personally, that we're going to take a few moments, and I know it says in your bulletin, a walking meditation, but this is really more like a guided visualization, to just even imagine it. This is a safe space where you can imagine whatever's true for you at this moment, whatever's honest for you, with the truth that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are blessed. So let's go back to our story. Allow yourself, with your eyes open, your eyes closed, or somewhere in between, allow yourself to just imagine this scene where you see John the Baptist and two disciples standing on the side of a road, and they're talking. And you're there just listening in. And then in the distance, you see someone walking toward you. And just allow that person to come toward you. It might be someone you recognize. It might not be someone you recognize. And as they get closer and closer, pay attention to what you see and what you hear and what you might be feeling and feel beneath your feet. And then you hear a conversation like, this is the one 
that we've been waiting for. And this person just walks right by, doesn't stop, doesn't say anything, just walks by. And the people who are standing there decide to follow. Let yourself follow. Go ahead, take some steps and walk with the others. And as you're walking, look around. Pay attention to sounds, to light, to the others that you're walking with. And as you walk, the person you're following turns and says, what are you looking for? Let yourself answer that question. And as you answer, go ahead off with that person, just the two of you. Let them know what you're looking for and what's beneath it. And allow the conversation to unfold. there's nothing else to say, just keep walking together. If there's more to say, keep talking or listening. You're gonna put a pause on this conversation or this walking for now, but take a look around one last time. Get a good sense of what God's country looks like and feels like. Get a good sense of the person you were walking with and talking with. And hear these words of blessing, hear and receive these words of blessing from the Book of Wisdom, 
I am wisdom. I am with you. I am a light that will never grow dim. Love me and you will see me. Look for me and you will find me. At the slightest indication of your desire for me, I will make myself known to you. Watch for me at the very start of what you are about, and you will have no trouble. You will find me ever-present in your midst. Even thinking about my presence will help you. Be aware of my presence, my concern, my willingness to inspire and to instruct you. As you meet with each other, see me here in your midst, in you, in all of you. <laughs>